everybody. Welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, on episode 270. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Tuesday. Let's get into these topics. It's been a week. It's been a week of different engagement styles happening from music to dating to Kevin Gates spitting in a female audience member's mouth. We'll get into that. This nigga is interesting. But I want to start off with Drake. I want to start off with Drake because for a while now, I've noticed just the interesting, for lack of a better word, ways that he's been moving from his interesting hairstyles to the alleged liposuction that he's had to the nail polish on his fingernails to him being besties with little Yachty. Like, things about his latest moves has made me question the gangsta in Drake's. Like, I mean, I never really considered him as a gangster. I know some of his lyrics would present this notion as if he is, but I think that's just the, the disguise of hip-hop. Um, nonetheless, I feel like the since the latest release of his album, For the Dogs, or For All the Dogs, I think For the Dogs, right, it's called, and um, the, of course, criticism and reviews that many people have been making about it. Um, not a lot of people, well, I would say there are, there is more of a louder backlash or response to his latest album. I don't think I'm hearing enough publicly of a praise to his work. Instead, I'm hearing more publicly, a um, not a denouncement, but just kind of like a, hey, I, I'm not fully satisfied type of response to his album. And this leads me to the Joe Budden response to his album. And overall, I feel like his um, critique to Drake's album was fairly fair. <laughs> I think it was well constructed in a way that wasn't personal or didn't come off like a hater. I think he showed the highlights, like things that he did like, and then things that he felt like could have been better improved on. Um, but, you know, there's this thing about artists, how I got it from Erica Badu, but I think it's been a, a saying before her, how artists are sensitive about their shit. And look, it is a sensitive thing, right? When you're a creative and you're you're putting your creative work out there, it is sensitive because you're putting yourself out on out in the public, out on the streets and hoping, even though you may not say that you're hoping, but you do hope that people are responding to it positively than they are negatively. So of course that is that comes with the nature of being a creative. I totally understand that. But I think with Drake, though, considering how how up there he is, how revered he is in the industry, I think, you know, maybe not lyrically, right? Like, I don't think he is seen as a lyricist in comparison to a Kendrick Lamar or J. Cole or even a Jay-Z. Um, it's just with Drake, 
he does have some good bars in many of his songs. He has a lot of hits. He has a lot of hits that stand strong to this day. Like I remember being introduced to Drake when I was an undergrad and that was like, what was it, more than 10 years ago now? So the point is you have a lot of, um, you have a lot of success from him because of how well he's able to make records that are everlasting. So I think that is a kudos to him. And that is a talent to be had, you know, whether that's because of the great team that he has around him or whatnot. But I think that does have to be credited. Um, Now for this album, I honestly haven't really listened to it myself. I've just been listening to other people's reviews of it. So I myself don't have a a genuine review. What I can say though is I think Joe Budden, look, I'm I'm a Oh, what is it called? I haven't said it in a minute, but I used to say it on the on the podcast during the time when Maul and Rory left. Um, I'm a Joe Venger. I am a Joe Venger, a Budden Knight, whatever. Through and through. I love his podcast. I love how he expresses himself. I I resonate with um with how he is. And so there's a connection there that I have to his work and I'm always tuned in. I'm a Patroni, like I am I am tuned in. I'm a Joe Buttonite through and through. Um so I get a little uncomfortable whenever I see someone going at Joe Budden (laughs) because I feel like they're going at me like I feel I I take that personal and even Joe Budden I feel like Joe Budden doesn't really take things too personal at least he doesn't try to I, I think he doesn't um but you know I don't know him personally to know what really goes on and I love the way that he claps back I think he's just so well um methodical that I just find that so admirable like I really I'm a Joe Budden knight okay anyway I I I cringe. I cringe when Drake, Drake, the one who had a song with Beyonce. Well, it was Beyonce's song, but he was featured on it. Drake, the one who just finished his tour. Drake, the one who was just whining on Rihanna many years ago. Like Drake, you know, he is revered. And again, though he may not be revered as a lyricist in the in the same light as a Kendrick Lamar, etc. But he is still revered as one of them. You know, a lot of people would say or consider him to be the greatest rapper uh, in the last maybe 10 years, right? Who's still relevant, who still have um, all of these hits. And I'm not going to take that away from him, but I just find it to be a bit disturbing how Drake thought it was necessary to at Joe Budden on Instagram and write this whole soliloquy or monologue or whatever, (laughs) whichever one it was, this whole freaking novel in response to Joe Budden's review of his album. Like, first of all, you would think someone who adds, that's like Beyonce reacting to anybody saying 
you know, renaissance. She could have did this better. She could have did that better. And Beyonce being like at that person and then going on this whole spiel of why you're a failed somebody. Like what? Beyonce would never. And I just want more people to take the the road of what would Beyonce do? Really, be honest with yourself. What would Beyonce do? Would she at someone and make it seem like she cares publicly about said person and their review of her album? You know, and the answer is no, she wouldn't do that. So I just feel like for Drake to be someone of that same caliber, whether you agree with it or not, in the industry, he is pushed to be of that high caliber. For him to go out of his way and at Joe Budden, I think that's such a sucker move. I think Joe Budden for the longest now has been the 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 easy target to get at when it comes to oh he he was a failed rapper, and I think that's an inaccurate description of Joe Budden's career in the music industry. He absolutely was not a field rapper. He absolutely did not have, um, like he, he's trying to make it seem like his, his, his work as a rapper, um, as a musical artist wasn't impactful. And I think that was so, such a low blow. It's so untrue because I know for a fact People in my real life, right, and people who I see online, they've revered Joe Budden as one of them. You know, as far as his lyrics, he is the one to write his own rhymes. He is the one to really be the one who creates the bars that he does. He doesn't have a team of writers who does it for him. He doesn't have a ghost writer. So for that to not be seen as the talented and successful rapper that it is, is so disingenuous. And it just comes off like, you're just a true hater, Drake. You're just a true hater. Like, why would you hate on Joe when Joe simply gave his opinion on your album? An opinion that everyone has a right to, you know? And he has a job to do. As someone who is a podcaster, he has to, especially with his podcast, he reviews a lot of music, whether that's R&B, hip hop, you know, whatever the case is, he, particularly hip hop, he reviews a lot of hip hop music. And so that is his job to go ahead and really break down holistically his review of this album. You know, I think that should be an honor, you know, especially for someone like Drake who has copied, or not even say copy, I think copy has a negative connotation, but who has who has imitated his work in a way to show honor towards Joe Budden, like some of the styles that Joe that Drake has done in his music is a direct reflection of his fandom towards Joe Budden. 
You know, so for someone like Drake to now diminish the impact of Joe Budden's work in the music industry and minimize that by saying, oh, you only have 450 uh, fans show up to your show. Like, first of all, that's successful. Even if that is just the number, I think we need to stop minimizing the fact that there is power in numbers and to have shoot almost 500 fans come to your show consistently come to your shows consistently think about it like that's $30 a pop um that's the security of the venue that's consistently and like I don't know I just feel like we like for Drake to say that like First of all, not everyone is on the level of a Jay-Z, of a Beyonce, right? That's like more of like that 1%, right? So when you have other rappers who's able to bring a good amount of people out, and I'm not, I'm not even trusting the number that Drake is claiming Joe has, has brought into a room. I'm not even trusting that number, but I'm just saying in the case of that number being true, that still does not mean he is a failure. <laughs> like, I think that speaks to the impact that he has because he has loyal fans. He has fans who will continue to see him and support him in the work that he does and, um, and did historically. So, um, and I think that's a, a slap in the face for all of the other rappers out here, like a Gunna or any of those YG folks. Like they you really think they're making the same amount of um, fans come out in a stadium in comparison to a Drake? No. But does that mean they're a failed rapper? No, it does not. Like we all have our specific lanes and in those lanes, we we have um, impact accordingly. So I just think that's such a low blow. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't determine someone's success based off of your measure of success and your specific experience or your um, history of success. Like, Obviously, he was successful to you because you're able to reference his his work, mood music. That's Joe Budden's work, and a lot of his fans they 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 find themselves in that in that record. So for Drake to seemingly diminish that and dismiss that as any type of successful record, I just find that to be very disingenuous. There is so much. Um, um, history in the media of Drake giving props to Joe Budden for his work, talking about how he's an honor. Um, he feels honored that he could potentially work with him, and or like there's videos like you could look up on YouTube of Drake giving honor to Joe Budden. So you know, I just think it's just I don't know what's going on with Drake. I really don't know. I, I'm I'm sorry to see how how sensitive he is and look this could all be a rollout this could all be a rollout I remember seeing you know, so Joe did respond to that novel that Drake um added him on Instagram and Joe's response and I can't wait till Wednesday's episode of his podcast <laughs> has a butter night um I'm so looking forward to his response on the platform but 
Joe's response on Instagram was very mature. I love how he said, um, basically, you have some growing up to do. Um, father time is undefeated. I don't know why he mentioned father time is undefeated, but maybe he's trying to say, like, when he continues to grow as a father to his child, he'll learn more about growing up as a man himself like I don't know that's what I that's what I'm taking from it um maybe it meant something else but who knows I just thought it was a very mature response like Joe Budden didn't even care to create this whole paragraph long response but I feel like definitely he will respond accordingly and fittingly on his podcast this Wednesday so I'm really looking forward to that episode (laughs) As a butter knight, you better call me a butter knight, but dead ass. I just think it's, you know, I think it's very um, uninvolved. And from what I'm hearing about his album, and again, I haven't listened to it myself. I've just heard a couple of clips, but that's based on um, different people's videos and responses to his album. But I know there's a song, I don't know which song it is, but there's a song on his latest album in which he talks about, or he references Rihanna in a very obvious way. So Rihanna, her latest album's called Anti, and one of the songs is, uh, what's that song? Sex With Me, So Amazing. So Drake, in his song, he referenced how sex with Rihanna was just average and he kept using the word anti so a lot of people are making the connection that oh he's talking about Rihanna because of the references that he's making and he also throws shot at throws shots at um what's his name Rocky, ASAP Rocky, who is Rihanna's boyfriend and father of her two children. He's saying how, oh, better him than me. Um, there's no bad, there's something about bad gal, and that's Rihanna's handle name on Instagram. Basically saying like, um, he it's better that he that she chose ASAP Rocky instead of him because ASAP Rocky is easily controlled and Drake is not. So there's something to that, which I thought was interesting. But at this point, I don't know if I believe if Drake is still hung up on Rihanna because it's been so many years later. But then again, I do, I'm, I'm a bit conflicted about it because... When I was introduced to Drake, again, years ago when I was in undergrad, I remember when he would just put it all out there on his songs, on his records of his um, just downfalls and different relationships and how he would even say the names of the different women he's been with and talk about the specific experiences he's had with them. So I do wonder... If he really is still hung up on Rihanna, I know it's been so many years, but maybe he still is um, just hurt by it. But is he using this as a way to gain more fraction, uh, traction? You know, is he doing this as a way to gain more engagement? It could be both. It really could be both because he's moved on. Like he has a kid of his own. I mean, yes, he's not great. He's not with that woman his child's mother but he's moved on with the child and so has she with two children and she's still in relationship with the children's with the children's father so I do wonder 
what's up with that? Like, how? what's the validity in that? Um, but it just, I don't know. You know, a lot of people are trying to say, oh, well, Drake, you know, I wish he would show more maturity and he'll have, I wish he had more songs of that show his um, evolution. He just has a man. And maybe that's necessary, right? I mean, yes, that is necessary, but I think we forget that he is still very young. He's in his 30s. He's 36, I believe. I don't think we should expect for him to have a record like 444 um, by Jay-Z, right? I don't think we should expect for him to have so much wisdom shared in his songs just because, oh, this is his... 10th studio album or however much you know like I just don't think that's fair for us to say because he's still relatively young he has a lot more growing up to do and maybe this is just a genuine reflection of where he is currently we can't force someone to be this wise character when they're not that person yet and I think we have to give some grace to where he is currently. Maybe he still is in that 32-year-old or 27-year-old mindset, and that's fine. You know, just because he has a, a child doesn't mean he's now this, like, freaking, you know, all-wisdom-having type of man. I doubt that. So, you know, nonetheless, I feel like, it's unfair and disingenuous for him to describe Joe Budden as a failed rapper and then him minimalizing Joe Budden's decision to pivot his career. Like, I think has just has a human being, right? As a professional in any industry, if you've done all that you could do in one field and you probably reached your quota or, you know, the goals that you set for yourself, or you realize, you know what, I don't want to sell my soul in order to make more money in this field. I'm going to go ahead and pivot into another space that I'm passionate about. And for the longest, like even before, or maybe while he was still an active rapper, but like before Joe Budden retired, he was doing broadcasting. He talked about how he did radio. I forget which, uh, with which station, but he did radio earlier on many years ago. Like this, this is something that he loved doing. He loved talking to a mic, giving his opinion. Um, like that's just something that he's always loved to do. And so it just was well fitting for him to pivot full time into podcasting. And then boom, look at that. He has blossomed into the top rated podcaster of this current time that we're in. And I think that is not something to just, um, just like wave off like no this is what he does and the the fan and the supporters the pitch patronies me the butter knights you know those that are around him see that and I think that is something to be commended rather than just dismiss like, oh, he, he bought some mics from Best Buy. Okay, so what? Even if he did, which I don't, whatever. Whatever he, Radio Shack, like, you know what? Whatever he did, okay, but that, that mic is making him moolah. 
Okay, that Mike has supported him, his family, his co-host, the team that he has around him. It's making a living for them. So, okay, you want to diminish my mic game? You know, you know, diminish where I get my mics? Okay, diminish that to the bank because I'm getting paid. All right. So anyway, shout out to Joe Budden. Okay, speaking of rappers, let's get into Jay-Z real quick. I'm going to rush through rush through this this topic because I feel like I've talked about it episodes ago and I've talked about this topic in general here and there. So I'm talking about the topic of the age gap between Jay-Z and Beyonce. And just to take it off them for a second, I am clearly in support of women dating older men. (laughs) No, I just, I think, especially since biologically, remember being younger, I've always heard how us women, I'm saying us, like I, I know most of my listeners are, are male, but shout out to y'all. Anyway, but I, when I was younger, I, I used to always hear how girls are smarter than boys. You know, the whole gender divide. It, it happened when I was a kid, too. It's still happening. Stop. No, but you. I heard a lot that je- girls grow faster than boys and girls are more mature than boys. And that started at a younger age, right? So I think just biologically, why would a woman want to date a man who's the same age, if not younger than her, knowing how biologically we were already set up to be smarter and wiser than the man? And if you're a woman like me, who's more of a traditionalist when it comes to like gender dynamics between men and women, relationship wise, if you're looking for the man to lead, be the leader, be the one to be the head of the household and guide and the protector, provider, etc. Why would you want a man who is younger than you or the same age as you to do that when he's not mentally capable to do that yet. Typically, men who are older are. So I just think naturally, at least for me, I'm always look like, not always, but like, I've always looked for someone who I, who, who I could feel safe with, someone who I could learn from, someone who I can just, just, be in the presence of your wealth of knowledge. And I'm so grateful that I have that now. But I think, you know, in my previous experiences with dating, you know, I, I used to date, I would date guys who were a few years older than me, a couple of years older, but they just weren't like mentally stable. <laughs> Let's just say that. And then the guys that I dated who were around my age, they weren't mature. They weren't emotionally present, mature, all that jazz. And it just wasn't the experience that I'm having now. So I think about like in in the conversation of Beyonce and Jay-Z and how there's a 12 year gap between them. Beyonce is 12 years younger than Jay-Z. 
And there is this resurfaced video of Beyonce giving a speech in honor of Jay-Z's birthday. And they seem to be on a like on a yacht inside. And I remember seeing this video years ago when this documentary came out and this clip was featured in that documentary. So this is nothing new to me. But I just find it very interesting how this is now uh, being resurfaced. And I don't know what is the agenda behind it, but there's a lot of talk about, oh, did Jay-Z groom Beyonce? Because in the video, she says, we started dating when I was 20 years old. And she said verbatim, you taught me how to be a woman. So let's talk about that real quick. And I'm going to go ahead and play this video and we'll talk about it because I don't see the problem. Hold on, make sure it's loud enough. Okay. You've taught me so many things. I was 20 years old when we first started dating. You taught me how to be a woman. You taught me how to live. You taught me how to be a friend. Um, you've given me so much in life. And this is it's not enough. It's not enough I can give you. I just want you to be happy. And every year, I'm even more in love with you. And I want to spend every day of my life with you. Happy birthday. And I thank God for you every day. Sweet. <laughs> okay. So there's a couple things I love about that speech, right? She kept saying, You taught me, you taught me, you taught me, right? You taught me how to live. You taught me how to be a woman. You taught there's something else that she said too, but like I love that she said the word taught. And I think that because we live in such a stupid ass age where, oh, you know, anything that a man teaches a woman is mansplaining and you're being insulting to my intelligence as a woman. It's like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Don't you want to learn from someone who's able to teach you? Right. And then the conversation also led to, oh, well, how does a man teach a woman how to be a woman? Like, isn't that like how how does a man know how to teach a woman how to be a woman? First of all, let's talk about that. Okay, I don't learn how to be a sexual partner to a man from my mom like some you know some conversations are reserved for other people in your life (laughs) you know like you see what I'm saying like and I think in this regard she's saying how just how to be a woman how to really step in my womanhood my femininity um I think that is fitting for her to give credit to Jay-Z because sure, they probably had different conversations and interactions in which he tells her, I like it when you do this, or I like it when you do that. Um, You know, I like for my woman to look like, you know, or whatever it is. And she grows into her femininity and feeling more comfortable in her sensuality and her sexuality also because he creates a a space and an environment that makes her feel comfortable to be feminine, to not have to be this assertive, um, just alpha 
imposing appearance you know she gets to really tap into herself and so what's the issue there's this and people just oh he groomed her when she was 20 at what point are you an adult can we talk about that at what point are you an adult because we like to pick and choose when someone's an adult and when someone's not Okay, the law (laughs) sees you as an adult. The court sees you as an adult by 18. And in some states, 17. Actually, in New York, New York, you're actually an adult by 17. Okay, so I think I had three years. (laughs) I know he's from Brooklyn, JT. But the point is, she is well within her adulthood legally, one and two stop trying to take away her right and her free will from having to decide to be with him you know or oh she was still a child she didn't know how no she wasn't a child she wasn't a child stop it she was like 13 years old and he came out the cut as this 32 year old man no and I also feel like <laughs> You know, again, with the conversation of like how to be a woman, you learn more of your womanhood, of your essence as a female, as um, a feminine woman, when you are in a relationship with a man, when you are dating a man and you're, you're taken by him. He is your he's your world or you feel safe with him and so when she says you taught me how to be a woman that is absolutely correct that is absolutely correct you know you grow more into your womanhood you grow more into your safety as a woman you could feel safe in his arms because he is doing his part as a man so it's a perfect yin and yang I just thought it was a beautiful speech I loved it then I love it now I just think it's so whack how we live in a space where it's seen as grooming and these like these overuse of words oh it's grooming or she was just a child (laughs) He took advantage or shut up. No, obviously it worked out, right? This is so many years later. They've been together and the children that they have, the life that they created for with each other. I think that does not need to be, um, that does not need to be dismissed as something that's, um, was seen or done under the guise of grooming. Like stop diminishing the love that they have for each other and how it grew and grew into what we see today and what we saw then, you know? So I just thought it was so annoying. And I just feel like overall, when you see relationships with women, everyday women who are with men who are a few years older, regardless of the age, So whether that's a 12-year gap, 15-year gap, so what? That was a choice that was cautious between both parties. (laughs) You know, that that was seen and considered and accepted from day one, and it was continued, continues to this day. So I just think, you know, some people just really have, it's so, such a hard on, on men who are older dating women who are younger that i feel like that's the natural way to go about it honestly look i'm not trying to say 
<laughs> you know, get someone who's 15. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, that is a natural order of things. I really do. I think it's a natural order of things. Just going back off what I said before, the biology of women being more um, mentally... Um, just wise and all of that at a younger age typically you want to meet with someone who can teach you who can guide you and lead you accordingly and a man who's younger can't do that and that younger man will find someone who's younger you know (laughs) you know accordingly to the law but the point is it's a natural order of things and I'm and I'm for natural order shout out to hairy armpits okay (laughs) Anyway, let's move on. (laughs) Okay, so Tia Maori. (laughs) I always said Maury, but I don't know if I've been saying it wrong my whole life. Because I feel like there's some interviews I've seen her say Maori. Anyway, Tia, y'all know who she is. Tia Tamara, uh, sister, sister. But Tia, people be saying, oh, she's the black twin. I just hate that they say that. Because first of all, they're both black and they're half white, right? So let's stop diminishing the other twin just because the other twin, Tamara, happens to be married to a white man. And... People trying to just diminish Tamara, like, oh, she doesn't dance. She's not, like, hip like Tia. And Tia definitely does present more of a black-appearing appearance. And what I mean by that is, like, from her hairstyles, like, she'll have banter knots, braids, um, different just Afrocentric hairstyles. And that's cool. That's fine. I love it. And yet with Tamara, she does not have those hairstyles that she that she wears. She wears her hair in her like jerry curl fashion. And that's I think it's fine either way. I just I don't like how they're trying to pin the twins against each other in a way like oh this is the black one this is the white one like first of all shut up they're both half black and half white so anyway I get the joke but I just I I feel bad for for Tamara so anyway we learned that Tia the black one Tia is divorced she's the one who filed for divorce from her husband um, well now ex-husband Corey uh, Hardrick oh my gosh hold on I got my mind. Is Omari Hardrick? Okay. Do they have the same last name? Hard dick. Oh my gosh. That's so, so funny. No, Corey. <laughs> Hardrick. Oh my gosh. Okay. I think I just said it wrong. Okay. So it's Corey Hardrick. And then there's Omari Hardwick. <laughs> okay. These are some white last names. Okay. There, there's a ancestor who definitely was a white man and took advantage of a great 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 grandmother because these last names I cannot. But shout out to Omari Hardwick. Shout out to Power. I love that man. Uh, I loved him ever since. There's some other like independent films that he's done. And there's this movie called Spell that I've been meaning to watch that stars Omari Hardwick. It's like a scary movie. Anyway, let's move on. So, Corey Hardricht. Hardricht. He is an actor within his own right, and he was uh, divorced from his wife, who filed against him. 
her reason, you know, people are so quick to be like, oh, he cheated, right? That's why he didn't get a divorce. She has said, and he has said, no, that is not the reason. He has never cheated on her. And he was a good man to her, he said himself. He actually wanted the, obviously, because he didn't file, but he wanted to remain married and all of that jazz. But here's a quote of what led Tia to divorce Corey. So she said, I'm going to paraphrase, but these are basically the words that she used in an interview, but I'm reading it from a tweet from someone else. So Rose, the artist, is a person I'm reading the tweet from. She said, Tia Mari said her marriage was successful, but it ended because she had evolved. She spoke about uh, she spoke about divorce being a, quote, graduation, not a failure. That success in a marriage is not about longevity, but if two people are happy together. And then then her commentary is, this is the most dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. So, (laughs) and I absolutely agree with her. This is so dumb. And I said this when the news came out of Tia divorcing Corey. And you know, prior to that, Tia will always give uh, these um like these like periodical posts in honor of her marriage to Corey like there's this image that she posted of her and Corey where she's kind of looking at him and it's like a black and white photo and it seems like she's like in this serious thought and he's looking at her seriously and you know that post she keep, she keeps recycling that photo and her caption in that photo would be something along the lines of like you're the love of my life we've been together for so many years and you know just like a nice positive message of their love story oh sorry and so what's so funny about that is when she filed for divorce and the news came out she used that same photo (laughs) she used that same recycled photo and and her caption was um, Corey and I decided to go our separate ways and, you know, please respect our privacy, yada, yada, yada. And I just thought it was so funny. Like, wait, what? <laughs> Not you using the same photo. <laughs> Not you using the same photo. That's hilarious to me. But anyway, so she uses the same photo and... Again, she's not, at that time, she wasn't really clear on why, why are you divorcing as a man, this good man? Now, a lot of people would take certain interviews and just media clips of them together. There's one in which they were giving giving an interview for this show called Black Love that was on OWN, and they were one of the couples featured. And um, Corey was speaking in response to a question that was posed to him. And Tia, she cut him off, which she does have a tendency of doing. I noticed that in like many of her videos, whether it's with Corey or whomever, she does have a tendency of like wanting to talk right now and like get so excited. And look, I get that. I get that a lot sometimes, not from my man, but from like from previous colleagues I've had or one colleague in particular (laughs) because I talked about it here many episodes ago like you're cutting me off can you not cutting me off you know stuff like that so maybe I'll take that into consideration for my self-improvement but the point is I can understand how 
she got that. But I think overall, though, anyway, that that uh, moment, he she cut him off. And he says something like something along the lines of, can I finish my point or let me finish something like that. And it was very, like, clear. It wasn't rude. I felt like, I didn't feel like it was rude. I just thought it was, like, you know, a man saying, bitch, shut the fuck up. But in a way that was um, respectful, but assertive at the same time. And so that clip kept resurfacing after the news of the divorce filing. (laughs) And people trying to say, oh, that's why Tia left him, because he was verbally abusive. (laughs) Like, first of all, stop throwing these words so loosely. No, that does not mean he was verbally abusive. That does not mean he was just talking shit at her, you know. So that was one example people use. Um, another one was when, um, she would do, when she would be, be very active on social media, when she would do like these dance moves, you know, TikTok moves or, and she also do it on Instagram where she's like dancing, doing these like gestures and all these things. And she'll try to involve him in the video. And you could tell how he's just like, bitch, get the fuck out of my face. You know, like totally not interested, not trying to do it, not in it at all. And so that was also something that people would say as a reason why she probably left him because he didn't match her enthusiasm. Now, look, maybe all those things did pile on as her reasons, but for her to ultimately say in an interview how her marriage was successful and that it's okay to divorce because, um, you know, I see it as a graduation and it's not about long. It just, it made no sense. It still wasn't clear what the heck happened, you know? Um... And it just, it just seemed like, you know, why would you, why would you let go of this good man who has been good to you for so long? Why would you let go of him and want to just not be married to him anymore? Like, why would you do that? She keeps saying how, oh, you know, why would I why would I be in a space that that no longer serves me? And it's just, I don't know. All of these like things that she would say really speak to the feminist movement and how feminism has tainted the minds of black women, of many black, maybe not all, because I'm not one of them anymore. But for a time, that was my mindset. Like I was a victim of feminism. I was, I was a victim of this, this, um, I don't need a man, you know, life without men will be fine. <laughs> like, bitch, what? <laughs> the max scene now and the max scene then is a 180. Like, it's totally different. And so I just think about the many victims out here. <laughs> the many victims out here who are trying to live a a traditional lifestyle but they're not their mindset is still is still uh just taken by the feminism movement the feminist movement so 
I blame I blame the feminism the feminism uh move the feminist movement I blame that for the demise of Tia and Corey's marriage I blame the feminist movement for Tia thinking she is <laughs> She made sense. And I think all of the clapbacks that she's been doing the past couple days of her deciding to leave Corey, divorce him, finalize that divorce, just to immediately get back into the dating pool. And then she's creating all these TikToks and reels about how dating is trash and there's no courting anymore. And basically when she was with Corey, her ex-husband now, he used to court her. Like, he treated her wonderfully. Yet, you left this nigga for what? The shit out in the park? You know, like, what was... I bet you feel stupid right now. And I think that's what she... I feel like she feels stupid. And I feel like that is the reason why she is going so hard on these on these Twitter streets, trying to seem like she's good and she's in Europe traveling the world and, you know, don't worry about me, boo-boo, and I shouldn't have to be in something just, just because, you know, it, I've been in it or I shouldn't have to be in a marriage just because... I'm in the dating pool now and it's not going well currently. And she's like making a comparison to her acting career. Like, you know, being an actor, you know, you experience a lot of no's. You experience a lot of rejection. And just because I experienced so many rejection doesn't mean that I should give up on my dream as an actor. And I'm just like, first of all, shut the fuck up. That has nothing to do with anything, okay? First of all, you left your husband, the father of your children, because what? You evolved? You wanted to graduate? Like, is this a, a commencement ceremony? What are you talking about? That's the point. Like, you're not making any sense. And the video of her in this interview with some guy... And she's, like, trying to, like, talk it out like she makes sense. It's just the most laughable thing ever. Like, girl, you make no sense. None. None at all. So I just feel sorry for her. I think she is remorseful, but she probably feels like she can't admit that. And, you know, I wish Corey the best. I wish Corey the best. And I hope he finds a woman who can really appreciate the man that he is because it's hard it's hard to find a good man out here especially this day and age and so for him to be left like that you know i uh, my heart goes out to him so let's move on Let's end off with this Kevin Gates debacle. This man, look, Kevin Gates is on a whole different stratosphere, I've noticed. And look, it's fine, right? It's fine to be more spiritual than you are in this like physical realm that we're in. That's what helps you to be um, better focused and in charge of the world. Whatever that looks like for you. Okay, fine. But I just think it's a little off-putting in my opinion. I don't understand the feather that he continues to wear around his, on his head, I think. I think it's on his head. Like, it's like pinned on his head. I don't know the reason behind it. Maybe he revealed it in an interview that I missed. But it just, it's a little weird. Um, I also think it's a little interesting, to say the least, how he is always 
talking about sex or like what he would do to a woman in the bedroom and just like very explicit language <laughs> maybe i'm just uncomfortable maybe i'm just a prude maybe i'm just not as sexually liberated as he is maybe that's it maybe that's it but i just i feel like if you dare to spit in my mouth i will i will file a police report hello I beg your pardon. Oh, this been this is a clip I've been meaning to put on the soundboard, and I will after this. I think it's too late now, but that would have been perfect. But this is Dr. Umar pick a clip of him saying, "I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon." <laughs> so I was able to make it into a clip that I just have to put it, upload it into my soundboard. So next time, when it's fitting, I will already have that um, very. Um, I will already have that available in the sound clip. But anyway, I'll just say now, I beg your pardon. <laughs> I beg your pardon. Okay. <laughs> There's this video I saw of Kevin Gates performing in, in at a concert of his. And he called a woman from the audience who knew what was going like he prepped her he said look i'm gonna spit in your mouth or however he said it but he did tell her before it happened she willingly got on stage and sat on this chair she's caressing her breasts and in the clip there's a title for it that says pregnant woman lets kevin gates spit in her mouth I don't know if she was pregnant. I really don't know. It didn't, I don't know, maybe she, I mean, she had a little bit of a pudge, but I just think it was just the fabric of her outfit that naturally, like if you're not like completely flat in your stomach, you'll see a little bit of a pudge. And I just think that was it. I didn't assume that she was pregnant. So I don't know if that's confirmed or not. And I just think that that title may be misleading. So I don't know if she is pregnant. But if she is, then that's even crazier because <laughs> imagine being the big imagine being the baby's father and you see your woman, even if y'all not together anymore, the the mother of your child go on stage and let another man <laughs> spit in the mouth of what while she's carrying your child yeah i'm not i'm not for domestic violence but in this case i just might be <laughs> like what the fuck how dare you how dare you um so he brings her up she's caressing her breasts on the stage like over her shirt she's not showing us her breasts but she's sitting on the seat and he's holding her neck ever so delicately with his damn feather earring that's on his head dangling. And he spits and the spit is directly shooting down into her mouth, a straight shooter. And I just wanted to throw up right then and there. It was so disgusting watching that. I did not expect for that to happen. I just happened to watch the clip because I'm like, what are people talking about? I would never open another Kevin Gates anything because how dare you? Um, Like, what are you doing? What are you freaking doing? And for her to like close her mouth and like she wipes her lips like so, so into it. Like, what the fuck? I, I don't know, man. I don't know. That was 
so disturbed. I remember one time years ago when I was in college, I think I was a junior in college, I was with this guy having a moment. And as he was giving me some head, <laughs> he he spit on it. And I was like, I sorry. <laughs> Never in my life had I, had I experienced that. And I thought that was so disgusting. I told him, what are you doing? He's like, shut up. And he did it again. As if like it was a part of the act. Like, shut up. Ooh, this incident is sexy. And I was like, yeah, please don't do that again. And the next time we did it, next time we had sex, it never happened. Um, Like that was the first and last time that's ever happened to me. And I just don't ever, I don't want you to, I don't even want you to spit on the ground next to me. Like, how dare you? Like, that is so disturbing to me and disrespectful. And I just find that to be, because, you know, like, when people will get into fights, if someone spits on you, if you get spat on, that is the utmost form of disrespect because, you know what like you're spit like you're spitting on me like I'm a pe- like I'm dirt like I'm of the ground and even though technically we are of dirt right we're all made up of dust and dirt <laughs> but not to be too technical regardless you spit on dirt you spit on trash so you spit it on me I don't care how sexual we are don't you dare <laughs> never in your life do no shit like that like I will start fighting and I will file a police report right then and there we will walk to the police station together how dare you how dare you but yeah uh, shout out to Kevin Gates alright you guys I'll end it here thank you so much for listening I really appreciate every listen and support again make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel and you tell a friend to tell a friend the goal is to get to 100 subscribers by did I say November or the end of the month let's shoot for November like by Thanksgiving let's shoot for 100 subscribers I'm currently at 72 so that's good and we're moving up we're moving higher and higher so if you are listening to this episode on any platform go on youtube and hit the subscribe button after you type in god built this podcast you'll see this episode you'll see that it's me it's my voice click 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 the subscribe button excuse me (laughs) and support your girl and i will check in with you all next time peace Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. If you liked it, leave a review, share, and subscribe. God bless.